tuned in to Word of Mom Radio here on the Word of Mom Media Network. Welcome to the Village Vision Podcast, where community, collaboration, and care converge. I'm Dr. Crystal Morrison, and I'm honored to be your host on this incredible journey. As a firm believer in the power of a united village, I'm thrilled to bring you inspiring stories, research, and projects that break down the barriers in child and family care. Through heartfelt conversations with experts, advocates, and those with lived experiences, we'll showcase the transformative impact of collective support. So join me on the Village Vision Podcast as we explore the remarkable collaborations that lead to better outcomes, foster a sense of community, and inspire action to improve care for ourselves and everyone around us. On today's episode, I'm here with Ian Westmoreland. Ian is from Sydney, Australia, and is the founder of Mentoring Men and Kintsugi Higuru. Ian is a husband of 40-plus years, father to four children, and grandfather to 12 children. Welcome, Ian. Thanks, Crystal. It's great to be here. Wonderful. I want to talk about your current work with Kintsugi Heroes because it's fascinating. But before we go there, I really want you to share with listeners the why behind the work that you're doing. So can you talk a little bit about your personal story with us? So I guess my why journey started when I turned 59. I managed to work my way into relatively well-paid positions in IT mm-hmm. management in the utilities industry in Australia and New Zealand. We are poor early on, but the financial position improved. And I found mm-hmm. myself increasingly thinking there's more to life than just making money and delivering software changes. And on the 10th of September, 2013, I got on the train to come to work. And what I read that morning transformed the thinking for the next stage of my life. And in Mm -hmm. May 2014, I left paid work. And since then, the last nine plus years, I've been a full-time volunteer. During that time, I initially started mentoring kids in Sydney high schools, Mm -hmm. which I loved doing. I was working at multiple schools. And then in addition to that, I started mentoring kids at primary schools. And then I took on another role as a coordinator for family mentoring program. And then in 2018, I was struggling myself. One of the mentoring relationships that I had, it was a young guy in one of the Sydney high schools. And in a meeting, he shared with me that his father had suicided. Mm. Um, His mum was an addict who was in and out of rehab. He was living with his grandparents, which he hated. Mm. And then he just turned and he, he looked me in the eyes and he started crying. And he said, Ian, help me. And I, I realized in this journey over the last nine years, I have a lot of empathy, which can be good and can be not good. <laughs> I understand. Uh, <laughs> and can you do? Uh, and I debriefed with the program counselor afterwards and I shared what had happened with her looking for advice. And she surprised me. She said, Ian, are you okay? And I just started crying myself over this situation. And it took a couple of months. I was flat for a while. It took a couple of months. And then it just occurred to me, I want to have a mentor just like all these kids that I've been mentoring. Right. And by I, I should clarify, mentoring is such a broad term. For most people in business, it means someone with acquired skills, knowledge, sure. experience, guides, directs, advises someone else. And I wasn't talking about that. That wasn't what mm-hmm. I was doing. I call what we do life mentoring. It's predominantly listening, supporting, caring. People aren't broken. They don't need fixing. They mm-hmm. just need validating. They want to be softer. They need just to be shown some love. 
so I looked around for the nearest organization that provided life mentoring to men and was surprised and incredibly disappointed to find there really wasn't anything suitable. Right. And I'm very action orientated and that resulted in me writing a proposal to establish something that would become mentoring men, which after a slow start has been incredibly successful. It started with my wife and I, we put in some seed money, mm-hmm. me enthusiastically, her reluctantly, and, <laughs> uh, and it's grown rapidly. Uh, I've stepped aside from all the operational aspects at the end of 2021. Mm-hmm. In fact, I stepped off the board about six weeks ago. But the last financial year, from starting with us putting the seed money in, the support we received was well over a million dollars. And this year, it's been like two million. So it's, it's grown rapidly. Clearly, there was a need. What I've seen is there's a global need to clean the Western world for an organization like this, whereas a free program where we train up volunteer men like me mm-hmm. to support another bloke going through life challenges like job loss, relationship breakdown, loneliness, isolation. Mm-hmm. And the support is a long-term one-to-one mentoring relationship. So trust develops. And then when the trust develops, we start to open up. And you'll hear, Ian, I've never told anyone this before, but or yeah. you know more about me than the mates I've had for 20 or 30 years. Crystal, I might pause there because I'll keep going. That was, uh, I guess, the why that led up to mentoring men. So let me pause at that point. Yeah, yeah, I know that's great because I I know that, you know, now that you've really grown mentoring men and you've handed over the reins a bit, you've got lots of other things that you're doing that you're really continuing the spirit of, of compassion and sharing stories and giving people hope through stories. And so this is a nice transition into what you're doing today with Kintsugi Heroes, I think. And so just, uh, you know, for our listeners, Kintsugi Heroes is a platform that allows people to share their real life stories about overcoming adversity so that they can really provide hope and inspiration to other people who might be experiencing similar experiences or potentially could experience those challenges. So let's talk about Kintsugi Heroes and, and how you've gone from mentoring men now to Kintsugi Heroes. Well, I guess the start of the story goes back to 1993. Yeah. And as someone, as a teenager growing up, I suffered from lack of confidence, self-esteem. In fact, one of the early goals I set for myself, if only I could be average, <laughs> if only I could be average. And I was chatting to a mate yesterday and it's like, this is where I was at. I mean, why would anyone want to marry me? It was, that was just the thinking around yeah. that time. And what I loved reading were books, biographies, autobiographies, the Nelson Mandela type books of people yeah. overcoming adversity. And, and it, you start to create this feeling, why not me? You know, what, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it would have been great to have a mentor back then, but there really wasn't anyone mm-hmm. identified as a mentor and, not a great relationship with my dad. So it was through storytelling. And in 1993, I thought, how good would it be if we got people who'd been through adversity to share their story? Right. So I didn't have the confidence to do anything myself other than write to three community leaders in Australia to let them know about this idea. And one of them, a well-known Australian entrepreneur, took the time to send me back a handwritten note to my letter. And he said, Ian, this is a great idea. And then he added, you do it. 
<laughs> thanks, but no thanks. So, so it sat there, and a couple of months after I'd stepped down from all the operational side of mentoring men, I thought, I'm going to do this. And I've put everything I can into making this successful. I think it's maybe it's like childbirth. You forget how much pain and work there is involved in setting up business, what you're doing now. Yes, yes. My job, I can't believe what you're doing, Crystal, but they're fantastic for doing it. <laughs> so I started, I shared the idea with a few people around me. And one of the guys said, I've got a name for it. And I said, oh, what is it? He said, oh, Kintsugi. I said, what's that? I'd say 12 months ago, I've never even heard of it. And for the listeners or the watchers, the legend is there was a Japanese emperor who had some valuable pottery, like my $2 coffee cup here. And over time, it, it chipped and cracked. It showed the signs of wear and tear. And he said to the craftsmen, fix it, make it like new, so you can't see there's any damage. And they mm-hmm. couldn't. But what they could do was highlight the damage as part of the repair with a precious metal right. like gold. Right. And now when you look at it, it's far more valuable. It's far more beautiful than what it was before. And it, I think it's a fantastic metaphor for the crystals and the end and Absolutely. we go through life, our lived experiences and we actually, it increases our own resilience, but it mm-hmm. increases our value to support the broader community. And when I started this, it was exactly what you said, Crystal. The goal was to provide hope and inspiration to people experiencing life challenges. But I've now added two other goals to help people reframe how they see that adversity, actually see the asset side of that as well. Mm-hmm. I had a young guy contact me about four weeks ago. At two, he was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, I'm not sure how long after that, but he got a colostomy bag. So this guy's only 30, he's a young man. Right. Which is a really tough thing for a young child to have. Of course. But he contacted me, and I want to share my story. And he's producing online content now to encourage people with disabilities to get into the workforce or to overcome other things. So he's actually seeing the asset side of his situation. Mm-hmm. So that was the second one. And the third one was to educate the Ians of the world around how to support someone going through challenges. And, right. and I'm almost embarrassed to say, but there was aspects judgmental around mm-hmm. addiction, around gender diversity, around a whole pile of areas. This has been an amazing. I've learned more in the last nine years around life, people, love, yeah. than all my previous 60 years. Uh-huh. And it's been great. So let's, let's educate more Ian's around there, make a more passionate, caring, supportive, less judgmental world. How good would that be, Crystal? So, it would so be this, perfect. <laughs> it would be perfect. <laughs> so clearly in 1993, there was, the, the technology's changed a lot. So what we do, we have a relaxed conversation like this. Not with me, because I talk too much, but we, I've got a professional <laughs> host like, like, like you. It's recorded, it gets edited, and we publish it as a video and audio podcast. I've engaged a retired author in New Zealand who takes a transcript of the conversation, and she condenses them down into stories. Our first two books are underway. Mm-hmm. And forming some other relationships, our stories are now going to be broadcast around Australia on community radio stations. Mm-hmm. It sounds high, but they say there's about 6 million people listen to community radio in Australia. Fantastic. So I don't know where this is going. I'm, I'm learning <laughs> as it evolves, but uh, it's an exciting time. And I, I love the feedback we get. Uh-huh. Um, I've got an ever-growing list of themes that we want to cover. And as things happen around me, I keep saying, yes, yeah, let's do that. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm 
going through a cancer recovery journey at the moment. And the hospital said, I mean, the support group, do you want to get involved in quilting? And I thought, no, I don't want to do that. But um, what I'd like to do is capture stories of people living with cancer. It's something we don't talk about enough. There's such a negative concept around it. And there's a bunch of technology breakthroughs around this area. So that's just one of the areas. I, mm-hmm. I, at the moment, I'm working on some grant submissions to capture stories around disabilities. That's fantastic. And again, there's a, again I'm going to pause here, Crystal, because I'll keep going. Uh, back, back to you. <laughs> well, I, uh, you know, I just absolutely love the name, but also the idea um, behind Kintsugi Heroes. And, you know, what's really amazing about the work you're doing is your highlighting a a really broad range of challenges that people face. And you're giving a face and a name to things that we often hear about. And a lot of people are faced with everything from opioid abuse to domestic violence, to gender equality, to, you know, alcoholism, you know, all sorts of really authentic people talking authentically about their challenges. And Ian, as you well know, when we can put a face and a name to the experience, it gives us hope. It makes us feel less isolated if we're going through that challenge. But not only that, it gives us, you know, compassion for that person. At least I hope a normal human being will experience some level of empathy and compassion when they hear these stories. But it's also creating this fantastic community of support, which is so incredibly powerful. So Ian, over the past, you know, couple of years with Kintsugi Heroes, how have you seen that community evolve? Great question. And it's been a huge learning curve for me. So on the plus side, Mm -hmm. um, in fact, how we connected, there's this amazing community of people who've been through adversity, And their primary purpose in life is to help others. And they just passionately want to share their story. Yeah. You put up a request and you'd be bombarded with, yeah. hey, uh, let me talk. And most of the funding so far for Consumer Heroes has come from my wife and I. But we got a grant to capture stories of people impacted by the horrendous black summer bushfires in the Alpine area right. of Victoria. So these are massive fires. In fact, there's satellite photos showing the extent mm-hmm. of them throughout Australia. This is in 2019 20. And so I've been down there many times and you wouldn't believe how hard it is for people, many people to open up, particularly men. So these are farmers. There's this shame around the farms being in the the family for generations. Women will come up to me and say, my dad refuses to talk to anyone. He won't even acknowledge that the fires existed. So there's, there's a massive amount of unresolved and even unidentified trauma. Right. Now we've been capturing the stories. And one of the exciting things around that, it becomes almost contagious. Someone shares their story and then someone, because often we think we're the only one experiencing this, mm-hmm. but we're not. And when someone else shares a story about the pain that they're going through and shows their vulnerability, then others are encouraged to do the same thing. And we've been publishing these stories. One of them was brilliant as a, a clinical psychologist who spent the last 40 years since the 1980s specialising in trauma associated with natural disasters, which we have a lot of in Australia. Mm-hmm. And the wisdom that this man, uh, Dr. Rob Gordon, has accumulated is amazing. And we're getting 
feedback. So his story's been put out on the podcast. We've got a date for our book launch and we're going to have some heroes up on stage and we're going to sign some books and we'll get the community talking. We haven't got enough money, but one of the things I was passionate about was getting a coffee table book. At the moment, we're just going to produce a book like this and uh, uh, that's a positive thing. But you know, people, maybe they'll read it, maybe they won't, they'll put it on the bookshelf. Right. But imagine a big A3 size, high quality coffee table book in conference rooms, in the M- mm-hmm. MP's offices, in libraries. Right. And then, and that gets the conversation started around this. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that, that stage too. So yeah, two, yeah. That the learning for me is around A, the good side, heaps of people want to share the story. The worry is the extent across our broad community of unidentified or, or uh, hidden trauma or adversity that people just won't come out and talk about it, particularly men. Mm-hmm. And if uh, I'd love to do something about that. Mm-hmm. And, and we're doing, I guess, what we're doing. I'd love to do a lot more about that, have <laughs> that come out. <laughs> yeah. 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 And and I think, well, so much of what you're doing is, is just absolutely amazing and important. And And again, the thing that strikes me as being so important as part of this is reframing the listener's perspective, you know, hopefully taking people from this place of intense bias and judgment about, you know, someone's circumstances and really shifting their mindset. So not only, you know, giving people hope that are experiencing challenging circumstances, but people who are listeners, viewers, who may be locked into a very narrow view of the world and really need to open up their mind and address their own biases about other challenges. I think that's something that resonates profoundly and can just reshape our society in so many different ways that's really needed. Would you agree? Uh, Absolutely. And in fact, one of the, there's been so many lessons for me. It's like a sponge just learning things. This journey took me down to learn more about addiction. Mm-hmm. And I started talking to people. Now, I, I say, look, I've never taken an illegal substance in my life. And mm-hmm. for many people, they're just gobsmacked. <laughs> and yeah, I find that incredible. I, I don't, uh, anyway, I, I'm fortunate. But I, I asked a lot of people around this and, and people I've met with an ice addict and, and other addiction. One of our mentors in Mentoring Men said to me, if you want to reduce illicit drug usage, Stop sexual abuse. Yeah. Now, it, it took me five, you, you picked up quick. It took me five seconds to understand what he's saying. And then it just totally reframed my thinking. The old Ian focused on the symptom. Why are they doing this? But the, the new improved Ian <laughs> started to think about the cause. What right. are they, are they numbing something? And that just creates the empathy. You mm-hmm. poor, what, what has gone on here? And the second thing, Around addiction, I immediately thought of substance addiction because that's yeah. what you see. Mm-hmm. But I'm probably addicted to work, passionately doing what I do here. It could be social media. It could be food. Right. And most people, the Ians, didn't understand addiction. And what you said before, that this judgmental attitude, maybe having that understanding, it reframes how they see it to actually have empathy and then maybe... How can I better help this person? Mm-hmm. When I met with the ice addict, I just asked a whole bunch of questions and just listened and mm-hmm. shared his story. 
And he mess- sent me a message later on saying, hey, that was brilliant. Thank you so much. And I imagine he's surrounded by his family who've all disowned him. Yeah. He's condemning him and stopped doing, you know, that like, but that's, that's not helping. Yeah, right. That's not, uh, all it's doing is driving a wedge and, right. and potentially pushing him towards suicide ideation. Mm-hmm. But having a more loving, caring, listening attitude. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I put my hand up, but I think most people would like me. Yeah. You know, to to wrap up, I mentioned to you earlier that we typically wrap up with an ask or things you want listeners to take away. But I have a different question that I'd like to wrap up. And maybe it's a little bit of a surprise to you. But when we started this conversation, Ian, you were talking about as a child, as a teenager, maybe even a young adult, really lacking confidence. And now with the amazing work you've done and the different lens that you see the world through, what would you tell that teenage Ian about what, what do you wish teenage Ian knew that you know now? Question. And <laughs> I put I, you on the spot. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's brilliant. And I, I wish oh, if only the, the current version of Ian was there with that young version of Ian. Sure. The first thing, going to be okay that's yeah. the first message it's going to be okay and it would be a positive word and encouragement unfortunately negative seems to get a much higher profile than positivity mm-hmm. you know there could be 20 fantastic reviews of a restaurant one terrible one and these people focus mm-hmm. on the terrible one right it's interesting the way we talk to ourselves sometimes we would never talk to anyone else that way that's so true we and so what I would say, I, this is going to sound egotistical, you're going to be okay. You've got huge potential. You're going to achieve some really great things in your life. You're going to leave a legacy and probably some other stuff, uh, maybe change some priorities about where I've things and, and maybe some of the dumb decisions that I made as a teenager because of lack of confidence, because of peer group pressure. So there'd probably be some stuff like that. Yeah, it would have been life changing. It would have just, I would have been so much happier to have had that story. So, uh, yeah. yeah, to have that opportunity, if only. Oh, that's tremendous. And it's, I mean, I think it's uh, something that many of us would tell our teenage self it's going to be okay. But it takes a lot at this point to really understand what okay means, right? <laughs> Well, Ian, we're going to wrap up today. I, I just want to thank you so much for joining us today on the Village Vision podcast. I'm so grateful that you shared your story and experience with our listeners. For those of you who are listening, please check out Kintsugi Heroes. The stories are fantastic. I know that Ian is based in Australia. Kintsugi Heroes is in Australia. It's going to be more widely shared very soon. But I really encourage you to check it out because the stories resonate anywhere in the world. It's incredibly powerful. So thanks again, Ian. Crystal, thank you so much. And I love what you're doing. So I, I wish you all the best and with this fantastic enterprise. Wonderful. Well, thank you again, Ian. And thank you to all of you for joining us today on this episode of the Village Vision Podcast on Word of Mom Radio. I hope that you found inspiration and valuable insights from our conversation today. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review, share all the things. Uh, But thank you for being a part of the Village Vision Podcast. 
take care, and let's keep shining a light on the power of community, collaboration, and care. She is sure. She is sure. She is strong. She is strong. She is true.